We're working our way through this sermon series in the book of Proverbs called Foolproofing Your Life. And today we're talking about foolproofing your friendships. And as Laura was talking about friendships earlier and in the earlier services, I was watching faces when this topic of friendship comes up. And so many of you have warm feelings about this idea of friendship. There's one or two or three that you're so very close to that have been there for you through good times and bad. You've known them for decades. You have a shared past and a shared history. And we'll learn about these friendships today from the book of Proverbs. This idea of being wise is interesting. Pastor Zardi is defining it for us. He started the sermon series by saying, wisdom is seeing and responding to life from God's perspective. That's pretty good. Another theologian said it this way, um, wisdom is being satisfied tomorrow with the choices you make today. One more quick definition of wisdom. Wisdom is knowing the right thing to do. In 80% of life situations in which moral rules don't provide clear answers. So as we're talking our way through this wisdom and foolproofing our friendships, I want to start with a quote from C.S. Lewis. Many of you are familiar with him. He says, friendship is born at the moment when one says to another, what, you too? I thought that no one but myself dot, dot, dot. There's an affinity. There's a commonality when we make friends. Funny story to start out this morning. Uh, Two guys have a terrible car accident and both of their cars are completely destroyed, but they are perfectly okay. They crawl out of the wreckage and they meet each other in the middle and they can't believe they've survived this terrible wreck completely okay when both of their cars were totally destroyed. So one says to the other, I think we're supposed to be friends. And the other one agrees. So they become friends. And the one goes back to his car and pulls out a bottle of wine that somehow survived the crash and said, we should toast our new friendship. So he pops the cork and gives it to him. And the guy has a big swig and he gives it back to the guy. And that guy gives it back and says, you have one more. So the guy has another big swig, gives it back to the first guy. He says, you have one more. So he gives it back and has a big swig and he gives it back and he puts the cork in it. And the guy that drank some said, I thought we were becoming friends. And the other guy says, no, I'm just waiting for the cops. So it's a... It's a terrible way to start a friendship. So I want to start uh, with scripture, of course. So select verses from uh, Proverbs, from different chapters, but all having to do with friendship. And I'd love for us to read these aloud. So read uh, the scripture with me this morning. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person and do not associate with one easily angered or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Let's come together in prayer. Father in heaven, we give you thanks today for friendships. Life isn't meant to be lived alone, so we're grateful for the people who walk alongside us. They support us and love us. They correct us and they encourage us. We cannot do it alone. We are certainly better together. Help us to become more gracious to our friends. Let us be wise in choosing them. Thank you, Lord, that you are our friend. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. My Lord, my rock, and my redeemer. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. First stop for us this morning is that a friend can be better than a sibling. Now, not necessarily. You've got siblings, perhaps, that you're very close to, but a friend can be closer than any of your siblings. Proverbs 17, 17 says it this way. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. A friend, a true 
biblical, Christian friend, loves at all times, but siblings, brothers and sisters, sometimes there can be adversity. Friendship is an interesting thing. It's not a societal or biological necessity. In other words, society can still be built up without friendships. We have the building blocks of families. We have husbands and wives and children, and that is how we build our society. It's not a biological necessity. Procreation happens through husbands and wives, and that's how babies are made and generations go on. So friendships aren't really necessary that way. It's a unique and deliberate kind of love. Interesting. If you think about your life, the first part of your life was formed almost exclusively in your family. And then the second half of your life is formed almost exclusively with your friends. If you think about it, that's true. Up until whatever age, I don't know, 14, 16, 18, the formation of who you are comes almost exclusively from family. And then from them, then on, it comes almost exclusively through your friends. Uh, one more quote from C.S. Lewis from a book he called uh, The Four Loves. He says, to the ancients, friendship seemed the happiest <clears throat> and most fully human of all loves, the crown of life. And the school of virtue, the modern world, in comparison, ignores it. We admit, of course, that besides a wife and family, a man needs a few friends. One of the reasons people do not pursue friendships is because so few have experienced it. So the ancients thought that friendship was the deepest of love, even, even more than a brother or sister. And the proverb we just read says, a friend loves at all times. Now, I'm not sure who the writer of the theme song to the show Friends was, but if you remember the lyrics, I think he got it right. Maybe it was a lady. I don't know. Remember the lyrics go this way. No one told you life was going to be this way. Your job's a joke. You're broke. Your love life's DOA. It's like you're always stuck in second gear when it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year. And then the refrain that is just so packed with biblical wisdom. He writes, I'll be there for you. When the rain starts to pour, I'll be there for you like you've been there before. I'll be there for you because you're there for me too. How many of you wanted to sing along with that? I'll be there for Yeah, that's, that's pretty biblical. When the rain starts to fall like I've been there before. Because you're there for me too. A friend loves at difficult times, when things are good, when things are bad, when there's plenty of money, when there's no money, when there's plenty of health, in sickness. A friend loves through all times. A friend is someone you can call at three o'clock when you're on the side of the road, when your tire blows out. A friend is someone who sits with you on that sad Thursday afternoon and cries with you because you had to put your dog down. A friend loves, with, loves you through all things. I think the world would be a lot happier if we followed God's word and loved through all things, through the good and the bad, the deepest, when there are words that are easy to give, when you don't even know what to say, and you just sit. So that was a little bit about friends. Let's talk about this whole theme of foolproofing our friendships, because the book of Proverbs is full of these kinds of ideas. So first of all, it says, be careful. Now, maybe this is obvious, but maybe it's not. Maybe we're not careful in choosing our friends. Think about how you formed your friends. You met somebody. (laughs) You liked them. They kind of liked you. There was a commonality. There was an affinity, maybe uh, a shared past. But the Bible says be careful in forming your friends. Proverbs 12, 26. The righteous choose their friends carefully but the way of the wicked leads them astray. The Bible is saying here, be careful in choosing your friends because if you hook up with wicked people, you'll be led astray. 
And in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 15, do not be dis- uh, misled. Bad company corrects a corrupts good character. In other, other words, getting in with people who have, are of bad character will corrupt you. So the Bible says, be careful. Uh, think about the big mistakes you've made in your life. Now, maybe not exclusively, but oftentimes you were led there by a friend. Give it a try. It's not that bad. Come on, go this way. You won't get caught. I have stories like that. Maybe you do too. Maybe we weren't careful in choosing our friends. And I want to talk about just for a moment here, this idea of best friend. Now, right now, as I say best friend, you're thinking of somebody, somebody you've known since you were four, or the, the best man or the maid of honor in your wedding, or the person that you're closest with. And that's a fine way to think about this term of best friend. But let's think about it a little bit different this morning. Instead of thinking of it that way, let's think of it as the one who is best for you. That's different, isn't it? The one who is best for you. It may not be the one you've known since you were four. It may not be the one you are closest to or talk to the most or even really support you the most, but the one who is best for you. So under this header of being careful, let's be reminded that we ought not make friends with one who is easily angered. Do not make friends with someone who is easily angered. Boy, these are kind of specific, but they're right from God's word, right from the book of Proverbs. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. There it is. Do not associate with what easily angered. Why? You may learn their ways and then get yourself, and what an interesting word, ensnared. You will get yourself trapped. The anger that your friend shares now becomes yours, and now you are an angry person. Pastor Zardi did a great job two weeks ago preaching on foolproofing our temper. I needed to hear that. Maybe you did too. Maybe you're a social media friend with someone who's angry all the time, man. Everything they put on social media media is anger. They're angry about politics. They're angry about masking. They're angry about vaccines. They're angry. It's making you a little bit angry too. And I wonder if it's worth it. The Bible says, be careful. Do not become friends with someone easily angered. Proverbs uh, 17, 14, starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam, letting all the water flow out. So drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Under this header of being careful in choosing our friends, do not make friends with a manipulator, one who flatters, or a liar. Again, these seem to be really specific, but the Bible speaks specifically to these things. Someone who manipulates you, Someone who flatters you uses words that seem kind, but there's a devious uh, motivation behind them, or someone who lies. Proverbs 27, open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Look at this. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. This idea of faithful wounds speaks to friends who are open to rebuke. Might be hard language, but when given with love and given for your good, we welcome those kinds of wounds because people love us. We don't want to hook up with people that are liars or deceitful or manipulators. I don't need someone to tell me everything's okay when everything's not okay. I need a loving friend who comes to me and says, dude, these choices you're making, these decisions, come on, let's talk about a better way. Proverbs 24, 21 and 22, my son, fear the Lord, the king, and look, do not join with those who do otherwise, for disaster will arise suddenly from them, and who knows the ruin that will come from them both. Be careful in your friendships. How many times have we heard stories about, you know, someone, and they were doing fine, and then they got in with that group? 
And then it was alcohol, and then it was marijuana, and then it was opioids or cocaine, and not necessarily just substance abuse, maybe, you know, other immorality or tr trouble came because foolish friends were brought into the realm. Well, thirdly, under this header of being careful in choosing your friends, choose friends who are wise. Again, this seems really ba basic, but the Bible is clear about it. Choose your friends who are wise. Proverbs 13, 20, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise but the companion of fools suffer harm. Interesting, strong words at the end, not just becomes foolish, but you will suffer harm walking with those who are fools. James 4.4, 4, do, uh, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity? That means being opposed to or being hostile with God. So if you're a friend with uh, um, the, the way the world works, you are an enemy of God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Let God be your friend and be careful about the friends that you make. Um, being a biblically wise friend um, has a lot of attributes. I didn't really give you a place to write these down, but just take these in. First of all, a wise person biblically is kind and merciful. They're ever learning. They're a seeker of wisdom. They're forgiving. A wise person is humble. A wise person is disciplined and obedient. They are just. They love justice and pursue justice and work for it. They're discerning, a person of integrity. They're accepting of correction. And they're peaceable. They're people who work for peace, wise friends. A guy uh, makes a phone call and he gets the answering machine, or at least the answering message, and the, answer, the machine says, I'm not available right now, but thank you for caring enough to call. I'm making some big changes in my life. Please wait for the beep and leave your message. And by the way, if I don't call you back, you're one of those changes. <laughs> Being wise in choosing the friends that you have. Now, we haven't really talked about what kind of friends we are, but it's really simple to take all the teaching and preaching from this morning and turn it on yourself. Be someone who is not easily angered, angered someone who doesn't manipulate, lie, or flatters. Be someone who is wise, and that turns you into a great foolproof kind of friend. So we'll spend a little bit of time kind of on this last one. Rely, and this word rely, maybe I should have underlined that one too because it's an important part of this. Rely on your best friend. Put your full weight, all of who you are, on the one who is your best friend. Proverbs 18.24, a man of many companions may come to ruin. He might, but there is a best friend who sticks closer than a brother. This is clearly speaking about Jesus. Remember what we talked about earlier, a best friend, not necessarily the one you're closest to, but the one who is best for you. Well, clearly that's Christ for us, our best friend. It's hard to think of Jesus as my best friend. He's not here anymore. He was ascended. He's in heaven with the father at his right hand. It's easier for me to be friends with the guys I've known since I was four and these types of people. And as good as they are for me, they're not the best for me because Christ is my best friend. He's the one who is best for me. And we know that Jesus is our best friend. Another list for you, sorry, it's a sermon of lists. We know Jesus is our best friend because he wants the best for you. And the Bible says he listens to you. And he's honest. He's a straight shooter, right? He's honest with you. He will always be by your side, the Bible says. He loves you unconditionally. Jesus will always accept you. The Bible says he's a friend of sinners. Then this last one, he laid down his life for you. Isn't that interesting? 
John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's what we're talking about this morning, that this Jesus would see the mess that we find ourselves in, separated from God and really doomed. I mean, the biblical old word is damned, right? We're damned. We're headed to hell in separation from God because of sin. We were born into it. There's nothing we can do. We can try our best. Still not good enough because we're tainted with the stain of sin. So the rescue plan was hatched and God the Father sent Jesus the Son because of love. And the debt that we owe to the Father because of our sin was paid by Jesus on a cross. He died the death that we owe God and rose again. We sang that song, Resurrected. The resurrected king is resurrecting me, and even death is defeated. This friend who loved us so much that he gave up his life, our best friend, the one who was best for us. I did a vow renewal service on Friday night. The, uh, the couple got married because of COVID in an unusual way. They did it at her house, kind of in a way that worked out. Well, they wanted to have the solemn ceremony, so we did it on Friday, and it was beautiful. We were in there, and she was in white, and he was in the tux, and I was up there, and we talked about commitment and love and lifelong um, partnership and all the things that marriage should be. And in the middle of the sermon, I talked about a bloody sacrifice, a naked man bleeding because he was beaten and dying with pieces of metal driven through his body to stick him up on a cross. Why in the world would we talk about that in the middle of a wedding? Because without that sacrifice, all of this, that wedding, this, our existence would be trouble. It would be so broken that it would completely be busted. And not only that, we would have no hope. There would be no forever with God. But because of this Jesus, his death on the cross and resurrection, we have a restored relationship. And that's what makes him our best friend, the one who is the best for us. We're talking about this idea of wisdom. And actually in the New Testament, it all comes together. Remember, the Bible is a unified group of stories that points to Jesus. All of the Bible a unified group of stories that points to Jesus. Look at 1 Corinthians one twenty four. To us who are personally called by God himself, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is God's ultimate miracle and wisdom. You ever seen that before in the Bible? All wrapped up, up into one. So wisdom culminates in Christ. For those who are Jesus followers, we have the one who is the ultimate wisdom. We are Jesus people. And when we walk with him and allow his spirit to live in us, we have what the Bible calls ultimate wisdom. It says it a little bit differently in 1 Corinthians 1.30. It is because of him, God, that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. And how is that? Because he's our righteousness, he's our holiness, and he's our redemption. So for the remaining four weeks of this book on wisdom, remind that, be reminded that our ultimate Wisdom is in Christ Jesus. One commentator writes, we will know that it is Christ who is the wisdom in God and human form. He is the one who made it possible for us to be declared righteous by God because we are in Christ and he is righteousness. Well, apparently England is a very uh, densely populated place. If you've visited there, you know. And decades ago, one of the major newspapers posted in their newspaper the simple question, what's the shortest way to London? They wanted to know. It's hard to get to London. What's the shortest way? So as you can imagine, hundreds of answers um, flooded um, their desk. And the one they liked the best that they posted, the shortest way to London is with a friend. The best way to live this life that we've been given is with our best friend, Christ, 
And as I mentioned, that's a bit of a challenge. He's in heaven right now. His Holy Spirit lives in us. But let your best friend be yours through his word, through the benefit of holy communion that we enjoy every other week here. Christ is in that. Let your best friend come to you. Spend time in prayer. Encourage others in his name. We wrap up this morning with some next steps. First of all, connect with God by memorizing Proverbs 12, 26. That one goes this way. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Uh, Second, take today's teaching and apply it to yourself. Become a better friend. And number three, fully rely. And, And that word rely, your whole weight, your trust, everything that you are, all your hope, fully rely on completely on your best friend who is Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you sent Jesus and he loved his enemies and he was a friend of sinners. He demonstrated acceptance and encouragement and intimacy. Thank you for the friends you have given me and the peace that I found in that love. Thank you for the acceptance that my friends have for me. But let me be reminded of my best friend, the Messiah, Christ. He is my best friend because he is best for me. And let me be a great and loving biblical friend to those that I love. We pray all of this in Jesus' mighty, never-changing and everlasting name. And together we all say, amen.